0: we are certainly seeing some first round classics during the nba playoffs inside the bubble like this one to wrap up a western conference series last night
1: murray they missed the layup gobert got it mitchell hanging at the other end two seconds to go for the win and it rims out
0: Nuggets Jazz, a real classic, and we are joined by Carlin Gay of NBA.com. He's the host of NBA Sound System Live, and Carlin, what a tremendous ending to what was a surprisingly defensive affair, given how so many of these games have gone into the triple-digit range for both teams.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it gave me a—we spent a lot of time, Lawrence, talking about the 90s, uh, you know, During the first break uh, in the NBA action back in April and, and May, reliving the last dance, this game last night had the feel of a 90s style of game. It was low scoring, a lot of defense, very physical. We uh, saw two great stars go back and forth between Jamal Murray and, and Donovan Mitchell. We saw Rudy Gobert merge in Game 7, and ultimately Nikolo Jokic hits the game winner to close things out. For the Nuggets in, in completing a three-one series comeback, an incredible job out of Denver, uh, and now. All they won was an opportunity to go head-to-head with arguably one of the best teams in the league in the L.A. Clippers. How about that? That's your that's your prize. That's your, that's what you get for winning a tough, hard no series. Uh, you get to face the Clippers with one day's rest.
0: We want to bring in a tale of two cities now for listening to the radio calls that were heard in Denver and in Salt Lake City. The Jazz broadcast and the Denver broadcast. And let's start with the Nuggets radio network, Jason Kosmicki. And and just keep in mind here, he keeps things cool in the beginning, but flashes some shades of Jim Ross as we go into the call. Check it out.
1: And here we go. Ingles looks in. Nuggets lead it by two. Now they get it to him in the backcourt. Guarded out there by Gary Harris. 10 on the shot clock. Donovan Mitchell spins on Harris. Gets to the dotted line. Lost the basketball. Loose ball down to Jamal Murray. Denver's got the numbers. Off to Craig. Layup no good. Rebound down to Gobert. You gotta hurry. Two seconds left. Three pointer Conley. Missed it at the Horde! On the LA Clippers, let's go, Nugget Battle Station. Score. Come on, Denver Utah, wins game number seven by a final of 80 to 78.
0: All right, we're locked into uh, locked on Utah coverage, and with David Locke doing the call, this is how it sounded in Salt Lake City on the Jazz Radio Network. Game clocks at 17. Inbound in the backcourt to Donovan, Harris retreats. Donovan comes across the logo with 14 seconds. Spins on Harris. Harris knocks it away. Turnover on Mitchell. Denver with the ball. Eight seconds left. Bounce pass to Craig. Layup no. Rudy rebounds. Three seconds left. Out to Conley. Conley rises for the win. It swirled out. It swirled out. And Denver advances to the second round. Mike Conley for a three off a missed layup by Denver. And Utah had a chance to advance. And it swirls out on
1: Mike Conley!
0: So Carlin, I guess the thing that cannot be forgotten here is that Denver did have to fight their way back into the series to force a game seven and then become just what's the 12th team in NBA history to rally from 3-1 down in a best of seven series. And uh, you know, that that list has some very interesting scenarios that have unfolded over the decades, but uh, this was truly a classic comeback victory in a series for the Nuggets, and maybe something that will propel them into this series against the Clippers.
1: Yeah, when you look at the Denver Nuggets, this is a very young team, and you know there there was a lot going on with the Denver Nuggets. They had injuries coming into the series. They were able to get Gary Harris back. He comes away with two huge plays down the stretch uh, defensively to get them through to the next round. You look at Jamal Murray. The the jury was out on whether Jamal Murray deserved the max contract that he got. I think we can put that to rest now. He's a big-time player who has a ton of potential at only 23 years of age. And then Nikola Jokic, big-time star. The question that always is about Nikola jokic is he going to be able to give you enough defensively to remain on the court in clutch minutes he proved that throughout the series and they showed a lot of toughness and mental toughness that is in coming back down from 3-1 they're going to go on and and they could take this this victory that they had in this series and it might propel, propel them uh, you know another year it may not be this year they may not still be you know championship contenders this year but they'll be able to look back on you know the, the events that they've gone through in this series and it could set them up for a long playoff run down the road. On the other end, I know Utah lost, but we saw Donovan Mitchell come into his own offensively. We saw Rudy Gobert really, you know, impose his will on both ends of the floor and prove that, you know, the center still exists in the NBA. Contrary to popular belief, they could still get it done at a high level. We have Mike Conley Jr., who now looks like he's comfortable in his role in Utah. Joe Ingles is still playing at a high level. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was not a part of the series, will be added to this roster for years to come. Uh, I I think the Utah Jazz, even in the loss, learned a lot about themselves and have a lot to build on going forward. So I, I think... You know, obviously Utah would have wanted to win and move on to the next round, but both teams leave that game seven with the opportunity to really build upon uh, what they were able to lay down in that grind it out series. We're here with NBA.com's Carlin Gay, and part of the specialty for the
0: NBA International Group is helping support the websites that are bringing NBA coverage around the world, including NBA.ca, that's Canada, and you guys do a lot of coverage on the Raptors, of course, and these are the defending champs, but now in their series against the Celtics, they're down 2-0, and it does seem a lot like Brad Stevens' crew is really not just gaining momentum, but finding ways that could really help them to keep going with this
1: yeah this is this is a tough series honestly for for the Toronto Raptors I think out of the three remaining teams that they could have faced in the second round they probably drew the toughest matchup for them the Boston Celtics have three guys that can get you off the bounce and, and find ways to really penetrate your defense and Jason Tatum Kemba Walker Jalen Brown they now have Marcus Smart who's all of a sudden turned into Steph Curry and doesn't seem like he wants to miss a three-point shot uh, and he's he's a great defender that could really def, you know defend you know the Raptors' best player on the other end uh, at a high level in Pascal Siakam, and then you're getting contributions from guys that we really didn't hear from all season long. Robert Williams was a you know they were wondering whether or not he would take the next step in his production. He shows up in game one and and, and played well and and doubled down in game two, playing extremely well coming off the bench uh, and did not miss a single shot in the game. Daniel Tice is a name that you hear very seldom, but in this series, he stepped up big time on both ends of the floor, giving them sparks. So the Boston Celtics are playing at a high level, and, and for the Raptors, uh, they've gone they've dealt with really adversity all season long. Uh, they lost their best player in Kawhi Leonard to free agency, so they had to deal with that. To start the season, they had a, a ton of injuries. They had the fifth most games lost to injuries in the entire NBA. They still were able to get overcome all of that. And end up with the second best record in the entire NBA. And oh, by the way, yes, they had to go through, like everyone else did, had to go through a global pandemic and still find their way to the bubble. They were the first team to get to the bubble. They've been in the bubble, uh, or the first team, rather, to get to Florida. Then they were the first team to, to, to kind of enter the bubble. They've been in the bubble or in the state of Florida, the longest uh, out of the teams that are there. The, the mental grind that they're going through while being there has been extremely tough on them. They finally were, some of them rather, were finally able to kind of, you know, see their family members for the first time in a long time, breathe a little sigh of relief there. But it doesn't get any easier for them on the basketball court when you have a Boston Celtic team that is playing at a high level, seems to be hitting their stride at the perfect time. It, it, it You know, the NBA season is a marathon, not a sprint. And it seems like the Celtics are really hitting their stride right now at the perfect time of the season. On the other end, the Raptors look like they're running out of gas and really running out of options um, to to, to really figure out what the Celtics Rubik's Cube is all about. You talk about the guy seeing their families. Some endearing footage coming with Fred Van Vliet seeing his
0: family. And then you see the other side of the Eastern Conference semifinals, the Miami Heat. And a guy who said, look, no, this is a business trip. Uh, the family can wait just a little bit here. Talking about Jimmy Butler and 40 that he dropped on the Bucks in game one. And now the heat and bucks set for game 2 on this wednesday after we tape this we'll kind of be all tuning in to see like how does this unfold but uh
1: the heat getting that first victory how do the bucks respond the bucks got to respond by playing basketball the way they have all season long. Look, there's a reason why they're the number one seed in the NBA. There's a reason why they're on a 60-win pace uh, had we had normal circumstances. There's a reason why, you know, Liano Satsatokounmpo, who is likely to be a two-time MVP when that eventually gets announced. The Milwaukee Bucks team and their structure and their system has been, uh, you know, a success so far. Um, The question is, can they figure out a way to, impose their will on the Miami Heat. We did not see that in game one. Uh, the Bucs like to get in the paint and score in the paint. They only scored 24 points in the paint against the Miami Heat in game one. Uh, you know, the Bucks like to, to to shoot jump shots and, and you know and knock down the three. And while they shot 45% from three point range in game one, it, you never really felt that that impact of the three ball. You never really felt uh, like like it was a home run hit that the Bucks were looking for throughout the game. And anytime you get a guy like Jimmy Butler in a playoff series, or, or, or for or any game for that matter, that has it going like he did in the fourth quarter of Game One, it's tough to beat. As you said, he scored forty points, but fifteen of those came in the fourth quarter, and he only missed two shots in doing so. So at some point, uh, you know, Coach Bud and the Bucks are going to have to make adjustments. I don't think that that time for making adjustments or grand adjustments is now. I think if Milwaukee comes out plays their style of basketball and and can really rest on what's made them successful over the last two years, really, uh, they'll be fine and they'll be able to get back into the series. Uh, The question is, can they allow or can they get Giannis Antetokounmpo to be effective in the paint like he has all season long? He is the new version of Shaquille O'Neal in terms of getting to the paint and being a dominant force on the interior. The, the Miami Heat did an incredible job of sort of keeping them out of the paint uh, in game one. I expect the Bucks to find ways to get Giannis downhill and figure out a way to penetrate that Bucks, or, or rather that Miami Heat uh, defense, uh, the wall that they've built around that paint. And if they can, then Milwaukee will even the series up really quickly.
0: All right, this final question here will come with a one word answer. It won't be a lot of fun, but it's necessary given the dangerous scenario we're in here with limited shelf life. It's a game seven. I'll just ask you the question one word answer, please. Thunder or Rockets? Rockets. With Carlin Gay, I'm Lawrence Scott. Thank you so much for listening.